This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax Gold with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Mutin, who is our nutritionist in residence and co-conspirator, helping me answer your questions. Questions come to radio program at AOL.com, part two of today's Q&A session. So what's next, Layla? We have a question from Jay. I've used MCT oil in the past, that's medium-chain triglyceride, in the past, on a keto diet, it really helped curb appetite, and I would have two to three tablespoons over the course of the day. I dropped about 20 pounds. Whoa, nice. But, th- but then I stopped thinking that it's a processed food and probably not helping. Well, not healthy. Not healthy. That it's not healthy. Can you comment on MCT, especially the Bulletproof one? Yeah, well, that's bu- a particular bullet- product. It's a brand. It's, it's a made brand. by, uh, what's Asprey. Right, 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 right. Asprey. I forget his first name. Yeah. Brad or something, but yeah. he puts out a bulletproof MCT oil product. Which is designed to put in your coffee. Exactly. Like bulletproof coffee. Exactly. But Dave, you could, Dave Asprey. Dave Asprey. You can alternatively use coconut oil. Right. Use that. Which is use high in medium chain triglycerides. Exactly. Right. It's probably the original mm-hmm. medium chain triglycerides. So, so, okay, let's talk a little bit about processing. Okay. Yes. Because, um, from the very first, I mean, you know, there, I used to, uh, be fascinated by an illustration of um, primitive man uh, that showed they had speared a mammoth, mm-hmm. and it was it was very bloody because the men and the women uh, were using flint tools to tear shards off the you know the warm shards with like pulsating blood off this dying. Uh, you really gave me a visual there, okay? You know, who was caught <laughs> uh-huh. caught in a caught in a in a pit that they had dug? Yeah, you know, and they were and the and it was particularly gross. I remember this as a kid. This it sticks with me. Is the women were were like wearing like these fur costumes? Yeah, and they were they were like blood dripping down their face onto their chests. Wow. You know, because it was, they were literally ripping flesh. So that is unprocessed food. <laughs> for sure. That was before the advent of. My mink is unprocessed. <laughs> right. The advent of food processing. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. You know, because, so, but yeah. then they had the advent of fire, which is already a form of processing. Yes. Um, and, uh, when I was studying anthropology, uh, the, one of the most, uh, important texts was by Claude Levy Strauss entitled The Raw and the Cooked. And mm. what he was saying is that cooking was actually the definition of culture, is that cooking uh. caused the, the development of, of culture because it was, it, it made, first of all, it makes Recipe. food more, more, uh, more, yeah. uh, accessible. Yeah. You know, it's very hard to just chew on grass. Yeah. But if you take, uh, you know, the seeds of grass and you pound them and pound them and then you put them over hot stones, you can make sort of a, 
paleo matzah, you know, which is uh-huh. what people began to eat early on. They yeah. were already eating a grain product, uh, and, you know, they would, uh, uh, ferment things and mm-hmm. they would do So now, mm-hmm. you know, that was fine until about, you know, the 1800s when we developed all kinds of food processing additives, yeah. canning, right. uh, and, right. uh, Various forms of food preparation. By the way, fermentation is a nice way to prepare and, and make foods uh, uh, preserved yes. for longer. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know. So, uh, so now processing involves uh, adding things that are chemicalized. Yes. Uh, uh, ingredients, preservatives, flavorings, flavorings, all of that. But in, in an oil, in an oil, to make it like uh, no odor, no color. They deodorize it. They bleach it. Maybe you don't want a very processed oil in that sense. When you get the very, but, very, but very M- light... M- isn't MCT oil it's MCT. oil? Yeah, MCT oh. oil. And it can be for people who don't like the aroma of coconut right. or the flavor of coconut. Right. And they go for the refined right. coconut oil variety rather than the unrefined, extra virgin. It, incidentally, I found a, a, a mayonnaise that I love. It's called keto mayonnaise. Hmm. And it's made with... Not coconut oil, because that would give it a funky taste. It would. But it refined coconut oil. So it's refined and processed, yeah. but it doesn't leave you with that coconutty you residue. You don't want to, like, when you're making, like... It's a great a, way to get your coconut like, oil. Like a turkey sandwich, you do not want um, uh, a, um, a residue I, of coconut. No, I don't I don't use coconut oil to fry my eggs either. I don't want coconut-flavored right. eggs. Right. So, so anyway, it's so, kind of a thing. so that, that's the story in MCT. Now, so the thing about M- MCT oil is it is processed. Yeah. But it's a process to be a clear liquid, deodorized and purified. Yes, yes. And um, what's the origin of it? Uh, MCT oil, yeah. besides coconut, maybe a palm oil, okay. palm kernels, something okay. like so that. Okay, so it is chemically processed, yeah. but it's not, uh, they don't add things to it. Mm. They subtract things from it. They subtract and things from it. I, and depending on, like, if you're getting the bulletproof variety, I'm sure Dave Asprey is taken measures to make sure that it's not undergoing no any toxins, chemical right. toxic kind of stuff. You no know, the benzene, way you look at your residues. You know, Wesson oil and everything like that, that's gone through all kinds of deodorization right. and well, see, canola oils, the so, same so, there. So another thing about oils yeah. though is that uh, you do not for, or, I mean it's fine what he's doing. He's this is he's using it to curb his appetite and to get into yes. ketosis. Mm-hmm. Uh and that that's working well for him. He's lost twenty pounds. Yeah. But uh, let's say you know you use uh, on your salad you know MCT oil instead of olive oil. You're missing some things you because are. you're getting a lot of benefits from the natural polyphenols that are in olive oil. Yes. And so and the flavor of it. And the flavor it's delicious. of delicious. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I mean, I take his point. I don't think it's that consequential. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Um, it's not dangerous or bad. No. No. And if you're worried about processing, Jay, just pick up some good, you know, first cold press virgin, you know, unrefined coconut oil. You can put that in your coffee. Yeah. You you won't mind that flavor in your coffee. Yeah. You might mind it on your chicken or something, but you're not, not necessarily there. So that still works. That would still work. Yep. MCT oil is a good idea. Good. Good point of which to pause because we want to allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share a vital message with you. So here goes. Listen up. Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. 
Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I'm excited about what I think may be the next big thing in anti-inflammatory supplements, a brand new all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health Liquid Extract from Future Farm Botanicals. Black for Health combines four plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black cumin seed, and black peppercorn containing high levels of body-ready healing botanicals. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weight management, circulation, and immunity. It's a tasty supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information, order order. Call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuturefarm.com. Farm, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And I think many people agree and they avail themselves of it. So back to our questions. What's next, Layla? This is from Karen. Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, I just heard that bee pollen can be helpful for menopausal hot flashes. Do you like this as a remedy? And if so, would you please comment on type, dose? Thank you very much. There was a small study that I came upon okay. for bee pollen and some reduction in menopausal hot flashes, but not much else was yeah. out there regarding bee pollen. Bee pollen is pretty innocuous. Yeah. I think it's worth a try. Yeah. I say, Karen, go ahead and try it. But there are other not, things I'm that I like to, think to recommend. Mechanistically, how it would work. Yeah. I'm not sure why it would work. I don't know. And, you know, if there's one study, and that study was done in, you know, 1993, yeah. and it hasn't been replicated, I'm not sure there's a lot of mojo on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I often recommend things like sage tea to start with. You can just make yourself some sage tea. Helps with sweat. Drink two to four cups a day. Yeah. You don't have to drink it hot. You could drink it iced if you want. Right. Try something like that. There's a certain other product we like called Estrovera. Yes, very much Estrovera. so. It's by uh, Metagenics. Metagenics, yeah. It's Siberian rhubarb. It's available on full yeah. script. Yeah. There's also, I believe vitamin E is also helpful. Okay, I've heard some studies. Some vitamin E. Yeah, it's reputed to be helpful possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for some people, soy, uh, soy consumption can be helpful. We're not the biggest fans of soy, but for some right. people, soy isoflavones, genistein, and diazin yes. are helpful. Uh, there's some studies on St. John's wort, mm. which is interesting because St. John's wort's an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. And in conventional medicine, when they don't want to give you hormones for hot flashes, they mm. give you like, uh, they actually took one of the antidepressant medications, I think Prozac, and they gave it a nice female sounding name, put it in a pink package, and it was designed for hot flashes. I forget what the name was, but they Oh came, my goodness, the, the, really? The name geniuses came up with a nice feminine oh, name. Oh, my goodness. And pink packaging. Pink packaging for yeah. Prozac. Yeah. Well, there's another thing, Karen, I would recommend that uh, there's a wonderful book by Christiane Northrup, The Wisdom of Menopause. Mm-hmm. She goes into a lot of things, some of which I'll just highlight for a minute. Yeah. Caffeine causes hot flashes. Yeah. It can and it will. Yeah. Chocolate has some caffeine in it. Sorry, dark chocolate lovers. Yeah. If you're waking up in the middle of the night, maybe you shouldn't nibble on dark chocolate right. after dinner or something like that. Be careful, alcohol. It gives, it makes, it heats us up. We yes. actually dispel you get our vasodilation. Heat. Yes, vasodilation. It's like people get like flushed from alcohol. Yes, you know? yes a glass right. of red wine or something right. like that. So be careful of that stuff. And blood sugar control. Blood, blood sugar, sugar, blood control. sugar, blood sugar. That's true. Hypoglycemic episodes can cause you to sweat. It can absolutely. 
There is a spice that also can cause a lot of heat in the body. You want to guess what that is? It helps with regulating blood Chilling. sugar, by the way. Chili. No, capsaicin. Cinnamon. Oh, cinnamon. Cinnamon. Cinnamon is very heat producing. Oh. So anybody using cinnamon, if you're sprinkling that in your yeah. oatmeal or something. I, I, yeah, I made some uh, butternut squash the other day. Mm. And uh, the, my recipe for butternut squash is to uh, nuke it in the microwave for a while so you can cut it. So it's yeah. like softer. Uh, heat the oven to 400 while you're doing that. Uh, slather it with butter. Put on uh, cinnamon. And I had my, my secret sauce is I add a little bit of vanilla extract Ooh, to it. Ooh, delicious. it was a big hit. I mean, it was like everybody ate it. You know, it's like... Now you have to make that from now on. Yeah. Everybody's going to go look it's for like, that. It's like, where's our butternut swatch? <laughs> but you know, I think some of the butternut swatch can be a little dull or bland, but man, the people were like, give me another <laughs> serving of that. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds absolutely delicious. Karen, we hope you feel better soon. We have a question from Arlene. Uh... Arlene was the one that asked us a while back if NT Factor is wise to use while nursing a baby, for the mother to use while mm-hmm, nursing mm-hmm. Uh, a baby. Yeah, I don't see why not. No. But... And she has another question. Any concerns about giving a child under two years of age chocolate? Years ago, I read not to feed chocolate to babies as it raises a concern about baby's bone health. Really? Now, Arlene, I can't imagine that... Did you find that in your research at all? No. I can't imagine that a baby under two is going to want that 80-90% that we recommend. Right. That kind of dark chocolate. It's too bitter bitter for them. They're not going to like that at all. Although, (coughs) we have a family member who is has, you know, because they eat so well... Yes. They've cultivated a taste for bitter things. There you go. And they... Like pretty high test dark chocolate. Hey, at a young age. At a young age, that's Uh, great. But so here's one: when when can babies eat chocolate? You know, I'm looking at a popular website here called Mm VeryWellFamily.com. There's no denying the allure of chocolate. Um, A recent study has found that although rare, it's possible children and adults to have a true food allergy to chocolate and cocoa. Okay, that's rare. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, the problem is, uh, I think chocolate is one of those kind of addictive things, and maybe it's not so great to introduce it early on, especially in the context of a reward. You know, yes. eat your broccoli, and then you get your chocolate. It's like, okay, so the broccoli is the bad stuff, and the chocolate is the reward I get. Right. And then you, it's a deep psychological message that can really embed itself in your brain circuitry, and then... Uh, you know, you got a Cocoa Jones for the rest of your life. Right, right. And it's caloric. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. I, I don't think there's, you know, like, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to get dogs chocolate. Okay, I get no. it. They have a different physiology right. than humans. They can get sick and die from it, you know. Veterinarians know that. Mm-hmm. Um, Veterinarians, Dr. I, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you have misophonia? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> There's some people who have this thing where, like, if you mispronounce a word, they go nuts on it. Or like nuclear? Yeah, right. Oh, nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. Well, I was like... Nuclear. George W. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my gosh. Arlene, thank you for that question. Yeah, so, I, you know, I think it's it's okay. Oh, yeah, here's the thing, though. Yes, tell There's me. some evidence that caffeine can interfere with child's sleep. Oh, sure. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And impact their bone health as well as cause elevated blood pressure. Elevated blood pressure, I'm not so sure. But, um, you know, we can't discount the fact caffeine's effects on bone health because it's a bit of a diuretic. It's leaching some calcium there. Oh, okay. Which is an electrolyte. Oh. Might be something like that there. Yeah, so, on. I mean, so maybe, not a great idea. You know, too close to bedtime, maybe not such a great idea to give a lot of chocolate. Maybe no. Limit the amount. Limit the amount, absolutely. Yeah. So we've got a question here from David. I'm a 72-year-old diabetic. I'm diabetic for 21 years, and my A1Cs have mostly been in the low sixes. Until recently, it went up to seven. Oh. Morning blood sugar is in the 130s, even though I eat dinner early. Wait, this, I'm sorry, this guy's a type 2 he's, diabetic? He's type 2 diabetic, okay. and he's 72 years old. Okay. And his A1Cs have shot up to seven, having mainly been in the low sixes uh, most of the time. Morning blood sugar. So just to review, yeah. the cutoff for uh, pre-diabetes is five seven to six two. Yes. Six two or six four and above is diabetic. It's diabetic. So seven is already, you know, probably we don't want to get. We too, don't want to go there. Yeah. Right. Uh, David is taking metformin. He's okay, six good. feet. He's one hundred and seventy-two pounds. He takes a six lot of feet good. One hundred seventy-two pounds. So he's actually pretty lean. Yeah. Yeah. He takes good stuff: fish oil, garlic extract, vitamin K two, magnesium, ubiquitin. He takes good supplements. Yeah. What else can I do to impact the seeming dawn phenomenon? He's waking up with with blood sugars, fasting blood sugars in the 130s, which is not bad. Tame is, tame is cortisol with, you know, things like ashwagandha, adaptogens. Yeah. He's taking ashwagandha. Okay. So maybe Here's he needs an, another one that, and I, mm-hmm. I, it's kind of like the forgotten toys in the toy chest, you know, like uh, yes. is Care. Magicare Magicare. seems to have a mud rating effect on high cortisol. Um, huh. So it might be something that you could uh, include. Um, you know, Interesting. chromium, vanadium, gymnema. There may be an element of pancreatic um, exhaustion in a person like this who is a lean diabetic. And he's been diabetic for 21 years, so maybe mm. there is some of that going on. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, exercises after eating, no snacks. Well, very disciplined. Appears to be eating pretty well. Yeah. And on metformin already, 2,000. In 2,000. Extended release. Yeah, that's maxing out on the dose. Yeah. 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 Um, you may need to go lower in carbs. I don't know. Even, yeah, take a little I mean, cinnamon. Take a look at the diet. Yeah. Take some cinnamon. Yeah. In the um, evening. This might be, I mean, this is the kind of thing we see in our daily practices. You know, usually the people we come to see are doing a lot of the right things. Yeah. And we're trying to add whatever small measure mm-hmm. that could help them uh, move forward. Yes. Yes. All right. Best of luck to you, David. You need a bit of a workup to see what else may be going on there that's keeping that up. All right. right. I mean, you could, you know... Yeah. Uh, have a consult with Layla. She'll just do a deep dive on your yep. diet. You know, just she'll do it by phone. Yeah. And uh, you call our office. I'm available via tele- telephone, Zoom. Yeah. Uh, talk to Liz two one two seven seven nine one seven four four. Right. She can set you up. David. Exactly. Um, okay. You know, even short of having a consult with me, I mean, if you want, you can do that too. Sure. Um, All right. Keep going. We've got uh, an email from Suzanne. I have symptoms of GERD, but I think I really may have too little stomach acid from stress. 
Stress doesn't cause too little stomach. Well, maybe well, it does. I mean, I, there could be maybe a burnout phase where, you know, you overproduced. Hypochloridia. Okay. Yeah. And then you just sort of got into yeah. a, um, you know, a, a burnout phase right. of your acid production. I but, you know, as women age, uh, women have less stomach acid than men because they have smaller bodies and smaller muscle mass. And, you know, it's very mm. common among women to have hypochlorhydria, or lack yeah. of stomach acid. So there she has GERD. Mm. I've heard that the only way to tell is to take HCL, hydrochloric acid, see if it helps. Yeah. Would it make a difference immediately or would it take a while? And could it hurt my esophagus if, in fact, I actually do have GERD? The answer is it could hurt your esophagus. It and could, you but know you, relatively quickly. Yeah, but you will know relatively quickly right. if you're feeling a burning sensation. You know, look, there are then tests, you don't have too little acid. Uh, I used to, you know, early in my career, I did the Heidelberg capsule test. I think that yes. test was a little bit too elaborate and invasive. Mm. Uh, they do uh, gastroenterologists will do tests to measure gastric pH. They stick an NG tube down there and they measure its continuous uh, acid um, mm -hmm. monitoring. It's a specialized test, uh, but you know, a lot less invasive and cheaper is to do a trial of, uh, of um, uh, betaine hydrochloride. Yeah. And, you know, do, you know, start by taking one, then take two, then take as many as four and see if it helps. But if it hurts, that means that you have existing erosion or uh, inflammation and the acid sitting on there is going to irritate. Yes. Yes. So it, it you know, it's, it's like... If it does hurt, it does mean that your stomach acid is not too low. If you took it and you felt nothing, it could be that your stomach acid is too low. So right. the HCL is helping to amend that, right. so right. to speak. So it could be, that's the way to find out. And you just, it's a one-time thing. Right. And if there's going to be discomfort, there's going to be discomfort. Right. This is, by the way, uh, uh, Jonathan Wright was the guy who really uh, introduced this paradigm, uh, you know, as much as 25 years ago or 30 years ago when I was, still in medical school, you know, Jonathan Wright was already talking about how a lot of what we suspect is excess acidity is actually inadequate acidity. Yeah. And so cutting, you know, our usual strategy, which is to give Prilosec and, you know, uh, Nexium, Nexium and, and things like that. And yeah. That, <laughs> that strategy can backfire because you're already uh, underproducing hydrochloric acid. Yeah. Um, and so um, sometimes that works, I find. It's not universal. Uh, mm -hmm. But it is a subtype of dyspepsia or indigestion. Yeah. Yeah. Best of luck to you, Suzanne. All right. I mean, the other thing to do is to work on motility. Mm -hmm. uh, you can take uh, Swedish bitters or Angostura bitters uh, as oh, a yeah. way to uh, promote the uh, emptying, gastric emptying. Yes. Another good one for gastric emptying is ginger. Take yes. some ginger tea. Mm -hmm. Just boil a knob of ginger very in some center. water. Very stomach Very good. Yeah. Very, very good that way. Uh, the opposite effect, however, with mint. Mint. Oh, mm -hmm. mint is bad. Yeah, mint can be bad for GERD. Yes, because it, if you've got a, a lazy lower esophageal sphincter, mm -hmm. mint just makes that worse. Yeah. It'll yeah. Uh, reduce the muscle tone in your esophageal sphincter mm -hmm. and it'll promote reflux. Yeah. All right. Uh, do we have a very short one, or uh, we do not? Okay. So then we, we do look. not. So we're going to have to wait till next week. Great. But you know, uh, I was worried we didn't have enough questions, but we had a slew of questions. Yeah. So keep those questions coming. Um, Radio program at aol .com is the destination for questions, and um, you know, continue to have an active summer. Uh, if you run into problems, 
post a question, radioprogram at AOL.com. We'll be there for you. Yep. Have a great week. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.